welcome you all here tonight and those that are tuned in with us this evening. And so we're going straight into looking at the word and sharing that. And uh, being so far apart, I'm sure that we could sing without killing each other. <laughs> but anyway, that's the rules. And uh, that's what we'll be looking at tonight, the rules <laughs> in our section in First Peter. If you'd like to turn there to chapter 2. <clears throat> First Peter, chapter 2. So welcome to the study for tonight and the prayer time. And I'm sure that others are on their way. <clears throat> Looking... In chapter 2, at the responsibility of Christians, we've gone through the first section, well, quite a bit of it, A to D, and now we're on the point E, to be submissive as obedient believers in the last half of this chapter, almost 13 verses. And the first point under that is to be submissive as subjects in society. And... Uh, that's quite a challenge these days, isn't it? You see a lot of people are not willingly going and getting tested because they don't want to be locked down. And the temptation is to do that. If you've just got a, another sore throat, <clears throat> I can get a sore throat every time I go out in the cold air. So, <laughs> But anyway, we are to sub be submissive as subjects. First Peter chapter 1 and looking at or reading at verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of men, man, for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honour all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. And let's pray. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the precise instruction we have here and in other portions of your word concerning ourselves being subjects in a country that we live. And Lord, help us to understand the ins and outs of these things and the other verses and chapters that deal with it. And Lord, we thank you for each one that's been able to come and for your blessings upon our lives this week. We pray your blessing now in this study in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> yes, to be submissive as obedient believers and first of all as subjects in society in which we live. Now, can you think of other portions of scripture that deal with it? We've just read one portion, 1 Peter chapter 2, about our relationship with the government. Romans 13. Romans 13, yes. Can you think of other ones? Is there more than one? We've got two, Romans 13, 1 Peter 2. There are, there's Matthew 22, there's 1 Timothy 2, and there's Titus chapter 3. So let's go there and just see because there's a lot in the New Testament alone that deals with our relationship to the authorities that be. We'll go first of all to Matthew chapter 22 and verse 16. 
and following. Matthew 22, verse 16, and we read there, And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. (laughs) Tongue in cheek. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Must have been pretty hard for him to say all that, (laughs) but they did. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Whose is the image and the superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then said he unto them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they, they marveled and left him and went their way. What is this mainly dealing with as far as our relationship to government? What's the, the point of this? Something that none of us like doing, probably. Paying taxes. <laughs> it's the taxes thing. And um, <clears throat> it covers it as clear as you, you can get it. Now, there are legitimate ways to not pay tax, but you can bend the rules, and Christians need to be careful not to do that. You know, what's happening to Mr. Trump? What are they trying to use to not let him get in next time? Tax avoidance. <laughs> I heard him state today that he has paid $38 million one year, 36 another year, million in tax. And they're trying to say he only pays $750, and so the Democrats are putting that on their ad. You know, he pays more than you who are on the on a minimum wage. He pays less than you in tax. That's what they're trying to say. But anyway, taxes. And I do know people that use the system, know the system, and uh, earn, like, a lot of money and pay no tax. Now, I don't think that's what the Lord intended for us to do. We drove on roads here today. We have water that comes from heaven and falls on the, on the roads and our roofs and it all drains away. And it just doesn't drain away miraculously. It drains away because people, have, governments, have put a lot of money into putting the infrastructure in. Imagine being in a country, and there are countries around the world where the infrastructure is not there. Now, go to New Guinea. There's a lot of money poured up there from Australia. But it doesn't get to the roads. <laughs> it sticks somewhere around the government. And that's the problem in a lot of these third world countries. The people are complaining. The money's there, but it's not getting there. We can be thankful our government at least gets it there. And there, there, there will be, without doubt, in our country, government officials that are bribed. That, that goes without saying. They're unsafe people. Money's involved. But there's taxes. Romans 13. Let's go to the next one. We'll get to the specifics in Second in First Peter chapter two, but in going to Romans now, and Brother uh, um, Dunn mentioned this chapter thirteen and verses one to seven. <clears throat> Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. 
Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. You see, it gets down not just to do it because it's the law, for wrath and what I might cop if I don't do it, but for conscience sake. This is, this is something between us and God that we obey the authorities that are. Um, and that we pay our taxes. You know, that some people don't pay taxes and all their life live on the benefits of the government. Is that right? No. It's just not right. I don't care if they call themselves Christians or what. It's just not right. And, like, even today, people are saying, well, you know, they can't get them back to their job because <laughs> they're getting more money than they were off the job than on the job. <laughs> and uh, their talk, and you hear it, why don't they send them out to pick the fruit that's going to fall on the ground? Sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> Let the governments that be reward those that do well, that are working hard, and punish those that don't, don't do the right thing. Render therefore all, to all their Jews, tribute to whom tribute is due, that's tax, tax, <laughs> custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honour to whom honour. We're not teaching on this portion here, but this has to do with more than what the Lord said about just talking about the taxes, but it, it's respecting those, those in authority. And uh, we've we have lived a little bit longer here in, in Australia, realised that there was a lot more liberty 40, 50 years ago than there is now. There's a lot more laws. It's an amazing amount of laws that get passed all the time by government. And um, I would prefer them to be out doing and looking after society than passing laws. You know, you can have a you can have a, a business meeting. You can have um, you know a camp board meeting. We have you can pass all these laws. But the hard thing, even in the likes of the camp board, is to get things done. Not talk about the things, but to get them done. We need things, politicians that do the things, and then you have the respect, and then you are more glad to submit. But Jesus submitted, and it was the Romans in power. Was it not? <laughs> and uh, 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 what did we talk about on Sunday? That uh, Israel would, uh, the temple, and that would be trodden underfoot until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. The Gentiles were trading them down, as it were, until that time when, in the future, that won't be so and, and the disciples were keen for Jesus to throw off the Romans. You know, just speak the word, Lord, and you'll, you'll get rid of them. And he could have put up your sword in its place. I could have called 10,000, what, 10 legions of angels, Jesus said. That's not what we're going to do. We're about here. And the disciples were trying to grapple with those thoughts. Second Timothy chapter, no, First Timothy chapter 2. The next portion Verse 1 to 4, I exhort, therefore, verse 1, 
First Timothy 2. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications and prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Saviour, <clears throat> who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And our prayers for them may get them saved. Our prayers for them might get them doing the right thing. Have, have you, maybe what did you pray for and have you prayed for uh, Mr Morrison in the situation he found himself in? And the, and the state, the premiers as well. Have you been doing that? Because that, it's been important over the last six months that we have done that. Because they're making decisions that can affect us for a long time to come. And if we're not being praying for them, they will make unwise decisions. And even unsafe people, we pray for them that they might govern us correctly. If we get governed incorrectly, then maybe it's because Christians didn't pray. Maybe it's because we didn't, you know, bring them before the Lord. Give them wisdom to make the right decisions. <laughs> Give me the ability to submit to the decisions that are made when we think they're wrong decisions. Have, have there been wrong decisions made? Yes, there has in this, in this th- whole thing that we've faced. There have been wrong decisions. And uh, it doesn't say, well, because they're wrong decisions, we should buck the system. The only... The only time, and it's mentioned in the book of Acts 5.29, where we're told to obey God rather than men, is when they directly instruct us to do something that is contrary to what God has written in his word. To murder somebody. To, you know, there's, there's those things that are quite obvious are wrong for the, for the Christian to do. You know, that, well, the government told me to shoot them. <laughs> Now, there, yeah, now there's, <laughs> there's armies, and that's a different thing to get again. But um, all these, you, you're not going to be able to blame someone else if you do something that's against God's word because someone told you to do that, which was wrong. Like if you're a doctor and commanded to do an abortion, you're going to lose your job if you don't. What do you do? Lose your job. That's what it comes to. Would you rather be a murderer? And you know the, the and we we put the more society goes on in the direction it is towards socialism that we're in in now, the more these laws are going to become hard for some in different places to have to obey. As as far as disobeying God or obeying man. Okay, it's Titus chapter three. <clears throat> Titus chapter three. And I wasn't going to say much about, but read these verses. Put them, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves were also... Sometime foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. We'll read the next one. But after the kindness and love of God our Saviour toward men appeared, then things changed. 
when we got saved, things changed. We were once like Remember when you were like that? Remember your reaction to authority when you were unsaved? <laughs> you, you know what it's like. You know the temptation to disobey, but let's not do that. Let's do verses 1 to 2. So there are many portions of Scripture that speak of this. Proverbs 29.2, Daniel 2.21 others that mention things about our relationship to the government and the Acts 5.29 ought to obey God rather than men as the disciples said to the religious leaders there. There are many examples of subjects, citizens, being submissive to authority. And one that came straight to mind when I was looking at this was David who was anointed to be king but Saul was still king and Saul was asleep in the cave and David and his men went in and um, David's men wanted to nail him to the floor. There's a little way of putting it. Um, <clears throat> but David said no. And in First Samuel 26, 9 to 11, took his spear, took a bit of cloth and got on the other side. And it really, that really got to, to Saul, didn't it? I'm, I'm the sinner. I'm, I'm wrong here. But he still went back and chased David around later on. In, in John chapter 19 and verse 11, there is Christ and Pilate. Um, <clears throat> you have Paul and Rome as a citizen of Rome. Actually, at times, he was able to use the authorities that were for his benefit, was he not? <laughs> remember when he was in Jerusalem and and they... He started speaking the tongue of people and they stopped. Oh, he can speak our language and he hasn't got an accent. <laughs> and they stopped and listened to him. He, he was being held by the Romans. He was, they, they grabbed him to save his own skin, really, because they would have, the people would have killed him as a mob. And it, it sounds like he was up the stairs a little way on the side of a wall and he's preaching. And then until he, till he got to a point and they got convicted and then they started yelling and screaming and chucking things at him again and the Roman... The Romans took him aside. And remember when Paul's nephew, Paul was in prison, and the nephew came to the leaders and said, listen, they're planning to kill him. And so he had a a heap of, it was hundreds, hundreds of guards took him from one place to another. He was under their protection. So he was able, as a Roman citizen, freeborn, he said. Um, But he... He was able to be submissive, though he lost his head eventually in his second cap, um, when he was taken prisoner a second time round, and he's speaking to Timothy in prison before his death, and, write, and he wrote, "Timothy, uh, you know, <laughs> endure hardness as a good soldier." He was imprisoned, about to lose his head, but he knew that God was in that and the way it was all happening. Think of it this way. It's easier to die for the Lord than to live for the Lord. Remember, even Paul said that once he got a reprieve one time. He said he was going to be delivered, was delivered from from, from death. And uh, well, I'm going to come and minister to you. He said, what did he say then? It's easier, it's better to die. That's what he said, than to live because of the suffering and the pain he went through. Um, <clears throat> and so... God, in his grace, took Paul home before he died of a disease. He could have gotten slowly 
had things happen to him. He went early. Uh, well, not in God's eyes, but he went before he died. And um, in our day, in our country, that doesn't, that, that's not the way. We don't do something to the government to say, come and get me, I won't go home early. No. The issue is certainly a hot topic these days, isn't it? With COVID, it seems it's being used by government, not only here, but worldwide. I was talking to a Canadian pastor yesterday, I think it was, for about half an hour. It's just about what is it like. Now, he's an American in Canada pastoring a church for 35 years. It's about 75 people. And I said, what is it like there? He said, shocking. He said, we've got an outer, ultra-socialist government that want me out of here and don't want Christian churches to exist. They want mosques, mosques instead. And we've been given orders. And uh, it, 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 we pray for the brethren in Canada because that's what it's like. What's his name? Is it true? Trudeau. Trudeau, yeah. Trudeau's there. And when he got in, he's a young socialist. And, and they've been in for it for since then. But uh, <clears throat> they're, using, they're using worldwide, Israel as well, this COVID situation to get a lot of laws enacted and passed. Now, as Christians, we know where it's going. We're not, we're not really worried about it, but we might be if the Lord doesn't come soon <laughs> because things could, we could get under a lot more pressure than what we are now. But it's a worldwide thing to gain power over people. It's crippling the economies so that one day they'll be able to say, well, we need a one-world system. And the fastest way to do it is break the countries that are rich. And that's what's happening. It's going down quick. Um, weaken the middle class because the middle class and most of us will be classed as middle class if they haven't got power to resist then there's no power to resist there's no one to resist and um, maybe it will end toward globalism a cashless society and a one world government but does that say well we buck the system you know some people that did come here did buck the system when this started they crossed the border, they did things I'm not talking to you unless you didn't I don't know <laughs> but about others, they were doing that and someone rung me up and said Pastor do you think, and I knew what they were asking, why they were asking that question <laughs> I said no it is not right, you read a bible it said, and we've read them tonight, four passages was it five, passages that tell us what we should do <laughs> um, <clears throat> It's always very insightful and instructive to see what the Lord did when confronted with these issues of government. We've read the portion in chapter 22 of Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 17. Because he, in, in the day that he lived, it was worse, a lot worse than we have it now. Wasn't it? Did you read the Gospels? Don't you see that in the lives they lived and the authorities that were what <laughs> the Lord Jesus said about Herod what did he say what did he say about him what did he call him that old fox <laughs> that old fox 
Um, what's a fox known for? <laughs> it's cunning, <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> and uh, the Lord did go far, so far as to call him an old fox. He needed Mr. Shepard there. I've learned Mr. Shepard doesn't like foxes. <laughs> and he's trapping foxes that are eating his um, apples because they were hungry. And he's, he sent me video, he sent me pictures of them. And um, I couldn't help it. Jill bought uh, some socks for Father's Day, and there's one with all foxes on it. So I thought, no, I've got to go and get that one. And I sent it to Glenn Monday or Sunday, sent it home as a pair of socks with foxes on them. And then I gave a little poem about going hunting in these socks for foxes. Anyway, that got off way off the track, didn't it? Back to Herod, the old fox. Jesus called him that. You know. <clears throat> And when we look around in our society, right now, what are people saying about some politicians? You know, you've listened to the news. And these are unsafe people talking about the politician, especially the Victorian. Dictator Dan. Dictator Dan. <laughs> There's are other phrases they use. A lot worse than that. You've seen him with the, the haircut of the Chinese. Or was it the North Korean chap? <laughs> And they, they change things around and they're saying this, this, but people discern, hey, what's going on? Uh, <clears throat> but the Lord, chapter 17, verse 24 of Matthew. And when they were come to Capernaum and they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, doth your master pay tribute? Does he pay taxes? His taxes? He said, yes. And when he was coming to the home, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? So what are you saying? You know, we're Jews. Do we pay tribute to a foreign government? Uh, Romans? What do you think, Peter? <laughs> Peter said unto him, Of strangers. They, you know, they, they take money of strangers. Jesus said unto him, Then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, cast in the hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, take it and give it unto them, for me and for thee. Pay them for doing that that they do do. And they had paved roads. Some of the Roman roads are still used today. They did it better than bulldozers and everything do it today, the way they made them. And they've dug them up and they went down that deep, deeper than they do today. It goes down this deep sometimes in making roads. But then, and they're still existing. They took the taxes to pay for things, for security. They had to pay the soldiers. They had to pay the people that were in government at that time. And so it's insightful and instructive to see what the Lord said and did. The what, the regulation. Let's go back to Peter. We've got the what, the who, the why, and that. We won't cover but one. The regulation, verse 13 of chapter 2. We read earlier, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. We are to submit to human laws. Campaigns of civil demonstration and disobedience are rife in today's world. Christians should not 
be involved. In Peter's time, the gulf between the haves and have-nots was larger than it is today. And you can imagine how upset Jewish people were when a Jewish person became a publican, which is a tax collector. Because these Jewish people that were collecting tax for Rome doubled the price and pocketed the money. And that's why they were hated. You know, doesn't he know he's gone home, Zacchaeus? He went to the home of Zacchaeus to a man that is a sinner, a great sinner, terrible, he's a traitor. <laughs> and if, if we lived in that culture, we would understand how angry these people were with him, with the publicans, and, and, and with the Lord for going to the publican's house. But what did the Lord say? Tribute. <laughs> Pay it. Even though you don't feel like doing that, where's this money being spent? Who's buying what with the money I give them? Who's being bribed with the taxes we pay? <laughs> you can ask all those questions. No, submit. Um, <clears throat> and this word here, submit, is hypotasso. It's a military term talking about soldiers are to submit promptly and this is to submit cheerfully uh, to every ordinance, ordinance, a human creation. It's, it's speaking of the law of the land. And this is what we're to do. Submit yourselves. The reason is given right there for, and, and it was in the other chapters we read earlier, for the Lord's sake, for testimony's sake. That's why we're to submit. We're, do, we're doing it as unto the Lord. We're submitting to them because he put them there and we submit to them. So when you pay your, da- when you pay your taxes, I'm paying this for... Well, it just comes out of your wage, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm doing this for the Lord. <laughs> I'm doing this for the security of our country. I'm doing this for the army that protects us and for the police and so forth and for roads and everything else. I'm doing this and you can look at it and say, yeah, we have got a lot of blessings. Would you like to live in another country that doesn't have all these things? (laughs) No. Well, be thankful and praise the Lord for the money that's given to keep these Praise the Lord for the good government. I was saying to the Canadian fellow, I think, you know, as far as we can discern, that our uh, Prime Minister is a Christian and he has shared the gospel. I've heard him do it. And he said, what? (laughs) He couldn't believe it. He said, it's a mess over here. And he was talking as an American as well with all that's going on there. Let's be thankful 